Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. El Tambo Fest, night one, first ever Cumbia Summit of the Borderlands, kicked off on April 27, 2018 at Hotel Congress. The evening began with a panel discussion of Cumbia artists and was sponsored by Southwest Folklife Alliance and CALA Alliance or Celebración Artística de las Américas. Founder and Artistic Director of El Tambo, Logan Phillips, introduced the moderator and speakers. El Tambo began in 2013 and bills itself as Tucson's legendary dance party without borders. El Tambo loosely translates as the drum and celebrates the cultural remixing that has always taken place here in the borderlands. University of Arizona Assistant Professor of Mexican-American Studies, Michelle Tellez, moderated this panel of four cumbia musicians from four of the bands who performed at El Tambo Fest Night One, first-ever cumbia summit of the borderlands. The musicians are Gabriel Sullivan from Chicha Dust, Adrian Rodriguez from La Diabla, Cody Lopez from Native Creed, and Kiko Rodriguez from El Paso's Frontera Bugaloo. Today on 30 Minutes, we'll continue with part two of a two-part series. Yes, yes. Well, welcome to uh, 2018 El Tambo Fest. But without further ado, I want to bring up our panelists. Um, first, I want to um, introduce uh, Dr. Michelle Tellez from the University of Arizona Mexican-American Studies Department, who I'm very, very happy that this worked out, that she could moderate this panel. Uh, she's an interdisciplinary scholar trained in community studies, sociology, Chicano-Chicano studies, education and writes about identity, transnational community formation, cross-border labor organizing, gendered migration, autonomy, and resistance along the U.S.-Mexico border. Yes, that's right. Now you know why I'm excited. Dr. Theis has published in several book anthologies and in journals such as Gender and Society, Feminist Foundations, Aztlan, Chicana Latina Studies, and Violence Against Women. She's also done a lot of amazing other things. You can see how long that bio is. I'm not going to read it all, y'all. But um, I would like to welcome her. She'll be in conversation with Gabriel from um, Chicha Dust, with um, Adrian from La Diabla, Cody from Native Creed, as well as Kiko from Frontera Bugaloo. So please give them a big round of applause. Thank you for that kind introduction, Logan. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, is anybody else excited to be here? Yeah. This is amazing to think about um, a Borderlands Cumbia Summit. Who would have the vision to do that but, but Logan and his colleagues? So I'm really excited. It's an honor. Um, and this afternoon, we're going to be just thinking about the ways in which Cumbia has been shaped and reshaped across time, location, experience, um, and social conditions. Right? And so uh, for me, I think today we really want to think through the idea of cumbia in the borderlands. Like, what does that mean? What does that signify? I, I do have a question as we're sitting up here. I'm, I, I can't help but notice, right, that, um, or to ask the question, where are the women? <laughs> you know, where are the women and, and, and how does that, you know, how does gender uh, play a role in how you think about music, the songs you sing or play, and, and then who comes to your shows? Well, I mean, Women, um, you'll see tonight. I got I got my little sister that's gonna be playing with us, and so, so there's a start. 
But um, I mean, it's it's endless. You know, it can go anywhere. It's up to that person. It's up to your heart what you want to do with it. I mean, if that's how you feel, like, hey, you see it. Hey, I want to do that. I mean, there's no stopping anybody from doing this. You know, we just, I mean, we just need more of it. Though we need more <laughs> women to help us stretch this out. Um, in our region, um, there is a couple of groups where they have like women vocalists. Uh, I've seen that. In Colombia, they do have a lot of groups where it's all women. Or I was just looking at some videos yesterday because uh, I like I, I'm really into like the traditional Colombian music. So uh, of this vallenato, I didn't even get the name, but it was like uh, all women. It just the bass player was male. Um, at, at our shows, it's always a mix uh, on our stats when I look on on our social media. It's like it's almost 50-50 men and women who follow this music. Um, but for actually playing it. Uh, in LA, there's a bunch of, of groups too that like they, they have the singers or some of them are the guitarists that'll be like the um, that'll be women and and there's a lot of that in that region. Like, well, us our scene actually is not just uh, in Tijuana. Our scene is all of California. So um, so yeah, there there is there is groups like that over there. It's, and and we always like to like we'll jam out with them and stuff. So it's, it's um, Everybody's included in our style, but the cumbia was originally pretty machista. There's lyrics that say that era muy mujeriego el el cantor and stuff like that. So it's like the roots of it is machista, but uh, musically now there's inclusion of it. Like the bands that we know at least are not like excluding them. But there's a group in in Riverside called Santo Golpe, which has the two dancers and vocalists at the same that are female. It's pretty cool to see them with their traditional polleras and stuff dancing. So it's like they're they're there. I would agree. Uh, I don't think I've been in a group where there wasn't women present. Currently, right now, um, Anabel Gutierrez sings with us, and she's from Ciudad Juarez. She's right over there. Before that, my sister too was was a singer for the group, and me and my sister wrote a lot of songs. And um, I feel actually like it's a little bit more open in in the cumbia. Because I think the cumbia that we're trying to do is abandoning those old paradigms. I would, I would, naturally, just because we don't feel that way anymore. Like we're a different generation. We don't have that kind of mentality per se. There's still plenty of it, but within the groups, I've noticed, like for example, like we don't play with groups that put like I don't know nude women on the flyer or a nude girl on a car and. But my tios did, you know, that's what, you know, so I know it's there, but I don't know if we've done a deliberate effort to get rid of it. I think it's just naturally come as part of what I've studied in the music. It's all about the community and, and women are like the most important part of that. And the dancing is the most important part of that. So I think we try to be very careful. And But you're right, there should be somebody up here right now. <laughs> I also think that in general, though, in music, in the music scene, it's very hard for women to to hold a place in the music scene. And, and a lot of our compañeras tell us about it all the time. The things that they go through, we don't have to deal with ever. Um, and so I, I give props to, to anybody who's, who's doing that. You know, my sister, God bless her soul, did it, you know, 15 years and then decided she wanted to, to raise babies and, and that was it. But while she was there, she was the most powerful force in, in the group. So that's just our experience. I think you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, coming from this community of playing music in Tucson, 
uh, with bands like Giant Sand and Calexico being kind of the, the godfather bands here. Uh, you are raised in a uh, very collaborative uh, mindset. And it's something that uh, Brian, the other guitar player and singer in Chicha Dust, uh, that him and I have always extremely valued. Uh, you know, we've had so many beautiful cl collaborations with females in our other projects with Marion Dessart, a French-born singer that was living in Tucson with Amparo Sanchez from Spain. So many beautiful women. And, uh, and there was something when we started this band, uh, in no intentional way, but it... Uh, it was six of us who were best friends that had, uh, we were just so tight and we were very adamant about, you know, every other project we have is, uh, there's guest singers, there's guest guitar players, everyone's bringing someone up on stage. And with this band, we uh, decided that it would always just be the six of us on stage that uh, we wanted no collaborations, we wanted uh, just us. And what I can say is that uh, all of our lyrical content, and I think uh, a lot of the emotional content, uh, no matter how drenched in uh, poetry or uh, secretism, uh, it's all love songs, you know, and uh, it's all coming from uh, emotions and feelings and uh, relations with women and I think in that way uh, every single one of our songs is has a feminine quality to it in some way I would just like to add, like with us also um, kind of the same thing um, most of the lyrics are about women um, and also in our personal case uh, the art done for our for our album was also done by a female artist our booking is handled by a female as well, and we support all that stuff too. So it's like, it's not just with the cumbia, but in general, like we're trying to, I mean, include them in everything that we do, in roles where normally are dominated by, by males, you know? Thank you for your thoughtful responses. It gets complicated to think about these things, right? And, and I think I appreciate your grace in, in responding to that. But I think my final question would be, uh, to have you recollect the first moment you heard cumbia, like what does that? What is the first memory that comes to your mind uh, when you think about that? Uh, I, I would love to hear that story. I think the first significant like moment for me was, you know, I, like I said earlier, obviously heard cumbia growing up here, uh, started introducing it into a lot of the music I was playing. But when we got that uh, CD from our buddy Olivier, The Roots of Chicha, and uh, Brian and I put that on. I think we were in his car just driving, and we had no idea it was, uh, you'd get given so many CDs on tour, and uh, and we happened to hold on to this one, put it in, and those first guitar parts, I, I don't remember what the first song was, but just hearing those wah-wah pedals and hearing the Farfisa organs and that all over the top of this infectious rhythm sitting in that car and listening to it, I just remember thinking that this was the most global music I had ever heard. This was, and when we started playing it, we quickly realized that as well, that it was something that absolutely everyone could enjoy. There was wild guitar parts, there was great rhythm, there was beautiful Spanish lyrics. And I think all of that hit me all in that moment, just realizing that what the potential of 
the cumbia rhythm and specifically of the chicha style, how far it could go? Oh, again, mine also, I can't, I'm not going to say like the first, first time, but the first time like that got me into playing it. Uh, well, was uh, I was the, all the members of the band are the same people basically who have been doing it since like, we started, except for the bass player. Uh, we used to travel a lot to from Tijuana to Monterrey, Mexico to uh, church retreats because we were like in a Catholic youth group and we would go over there. Uh, and, but we had no exposure to cumbia at all because Tijuana is all banda sinaloense, it's norteño, it's like a whole different uh, traditional or folk scene in, in Tijuana than there is in. Uh, in Monterrey, and Monterrey had that Colombian cumbia. So one of the days that we were over there, we we went to a park, a little plaza in the middle of. We we were staying at well, what people consider a ghetto part of the city, and then we saw the gang members hanging out at the at a plaza. Uh, but these gang members didn't have guns. They had an accordion. They had a cajabayanata. They had a guacharaca. They were playing cumbia and battling out playing. And we had we were like, what what is this? That's gangster. So, so we started listening, like, that, that was, like, first exposure. We saw it live, like, we got, I mean, there's even, like, been documentaries about this subculture they have in Monterrey. They call it Colombianos. They have, like, these weird hairstyles. They dress like 90s Chicano gang members. And it was, like, something, like, culture shock to us. But it was so cool that, like, we just picked it up. And then there was a point after seeing that, that I got influenced by the Monterrey Cumbia. But after the Monterrey Cumbia, I kind of wanted to see what influenced them. And that's when I got into the Colombian Cumbia, which is what, what I do now. It's Cumbia Sabanera from a certain, a specific region of Colombia that we do. And, um, and yeah, basically it was that, is seeing that live, the Monterrey Colombianos uh, doing their thing over in, in the streets. There is no real pinpointing uh, um, a time when when I first really caught on and my ears clicked. Uh, I mean, because I've, like, I'm pretty sure we've all been around it long enough that, I mean, there's, every day you hear a cumbia, it's like, you know what, this is, this is why I'm still doing this, you know? So I guess the one of the, uh, my main memories is just when, I mean, there was a certain song I heard. I mean, I'm not sure what song it was. Since then, I've learned so many songs, so. It's, a, it's probably the first time I picked up a guitar, and I, and I, you know, didn't really know what I was doing. But I, I mean, I learned by just listening, and that's how I learned guitar. So I mean, I guess that's what was the, probably the most significant time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, can't pinpoint. I think we probably were born with it or something. It was probably in the doctor's office playing when we were born. I would also have to say Selena. You know, that was probably some of my first cumbias. I didn't like it at the time, you know, because I was into minor threat. But later on, I really understood the importance of her and what she did in Texas. But for me, when the, when the cumbia became alive was uh, a very famous group that probably know uh, very be careful from uh, Los Angeles, who are uh, three Colombianos who started playing at all the Chicano festivals. And that was the first time I saw someone play the accordion that I'm playing tonight. And, and I was like, what the hell is that thing, man? I gotta, I gotta learn how to do that. I guess this is has, this has to happen, and um, and I never looked back. I, I, I wasn't, uh, I was an electric guitarist. I played rock and roll, and and I put them all away, and I, I bought an accordion downtown, and that was it. It was, it was the Colombian style of of the accordion that, that fascinates my ear for some reason. 
But now I'm able to really appreciate Selena and appreciate all the other kinds. I feel like Cumbia is the gateway drug to Latin America for a lot of Americans, you know. It's a good way to, like, start learning rhythms and then you discover, like, which ones come from Africa, which ones come from South America, which ones are Native American, which ones, you know, and it, it'll, it'll boggle your mind, you know, so. You are listening to Remarks Made in a panel discussion featuring four musicians from four cumbia bands who performed at El Tambo Fest, night one, first ever cumbia summit of the borderlands on 30 Minutes, 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Thank you all for these, and, and thank you for that memory of Very Be Careful. I remember them when I lived in LA. I totally forgot about them, so cool. All right, so we have um, time for some questions, and I would love to hear what you all think, what you've been sitting on. So this is to uh, Cody. Um, so I'm just curious, because you know, being Thon Autumn and growing up around this kind of music, when you travel outside or away from the borderlands and you share your music other places, um, do you ever get uh, the reaction from other people um, because we're native and they don't expect us to be playing that type of music? Do you ever get um, like different reactions or out of curiosity of not uh, expecting that, I guess? There are, I mean, you get different mixed emotions no matter, no matter where you go. I mean, being Native American and traveling to different tribes, is, different tribes is when we get the most reaction. I mean, they expect us to be playing some other types of, I mean, our traditional Native American music, which is, I mean, it's all... Uh, you knew them as they call it uh, singing music singing with their voices but um but we live so close to the border that i mean it's it's just uh i don't know how to say it it's uh it's just a certain bond that we got i mean and that that reaction's no different you know we're it's pretty much expected being so close to the border all right uh first of all i just want to say uh thank you all cuz Cumbia in general has been like uh, like a lifeline here uh, coming from Mexico City. It's always been hard to like identify with the Norteño scene and the banda and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's really cool. I didn't realize that that was maybe one of the reasons why I love Cumbia so much because it does remind me of when I was back home. And, uh, and I was thinking of the questions. And I remember Chicken Scratch was probably the first time I really felt like, oh, this is, this is interesting. I was probably like eight. And my mother worked at uh, in Sells, Arizona, and she's like, "Hey, check out this." Well, she would play it at home, basically, and and that that really was really interesting for me to see. It felt like a, like a homey kind of music, you know. So that was really cool. So thank you. And I also like that uh, cumbia, like you said, it's freedom, it's rebellion. It means so much. My mother, myself, man, we all get down to this, you know, and I love it. So thank you so much. Uh, one question was. Um, there's different names like Chicken Scratch and uh, Sabanero, I think you mentioned, and I'm not familiar with uh, Bugaloo, but, um, and then Psychedelic Cumbia, you know, like, what's the main difference there? Is it like the, the instruments or the region? It is uh, the instruments, it is the region. Uh, Colombia has various different kind of cumbia. They have cumbia con gaita, which is just drums, and, and the gaitas are, are these uh, flutes that they have, but specific, like special flutes from, Colombia, they have uh, chicha in Peru, they have 
the the in Argentina they have cumbia villera, which is more like digital. They have synthesizers and, and electric guitars, things like that. In the Colombian cumbia that we play, it's actually like a mix of of three cultures: a European culture with the accordion, the huacharaca, which is a scratching. Uh, that's from the natives in Colombia, and the caja vainata. From there's a drum that's kind of like the roots from Africa. So that's like the per, the the three cultures clashing together. Um, they have uh, the electric guitars and the, like kind of like a rock band with the chicha stuff. They have cumbia tejana, um, which is like the stuff that Elena does, Elena does uh, cumbia norteña. They have that sonidero stuff down in the F, cumbia regia in Monterrey. They have, what else? Um, in Chile, they have this style that is not called cumbia. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's, it has the same kind of bass rhythm that they have. I mean, I even heard Japanese cumbia, dude. Cumbia is like everywhere. That stuff is international. Um, yeah, and we what we do is like, like cumbia, that's all. All right, so we have time for one more question. What's one cumbia song that you would in, use to introduce somebody that's never heard of cumbia? And do you guys have like a favorite song that you look forward to playing when it's time to play? Well, the first song that uh, Brian and I learned in, after we heard that Chicha compilation was... Uh, a song called uh, Carinito. And we played it in the Chicha style with all the guitar melodies. And uh, the first times we played it was uh, we were playing guitar, backing our friend Marianne Dessard through a tour of Europe. And at the end of every concert, she wanted Brian and I to sing that song. And we had just learned it in the van on the way to the first show. And for 30 nights, we played that song at the end of every concert, and people went nuts every time. And the same thing happened with a band called Giant Sand that Brian and I played in. Howe asked us to play it at the end of every, end of every night, and same reaction. And uh, that song, there's something about it that I think absolutely anybody can attach themselves to. That's, let's see, which one would be the gateway drug, you mean? Um... That's a hard one. I, I, I highly recommend Fito Olivares. He's from northern Mexico, but he lived in Texas most of his life. And, and La Cobra, specifically La Cobra, which is a very interesting song, very simple, but fascinating. And one of the first songs, we, we started off as a cover band, and we play all those tunes, and now we do our own stuff. And which one am I looking forward to playing tonight? I don't know because he said that they don't stop playing in between their songs, so now I'm a little afraid. <laughs> oh, we had a... <laughs> we weren't going to stop in our set, and now we're going to have to go look at stuff right now. Um, looking forward to playing uh, Pueblo Sometido. It's a song about the three-story statue they built to a conquistador in El Paso, despite all of our protests for months and months and months. And it's just a song about that moment of powerlessness and, and how we're all going through that in, in our own ways, I'm sure, in our own cities and how we got to fight back. In my case, I would actually go to the roots. My personal biggest influence uh, musically in, in the accordion, Andres Landero. He's the one who created the style that I play. A song specifically would be maybe Por Ahí Es Que Va La Cosa. Uh, it has a, a rhythm that you kind of like wouldn't think it's cumbia right away. It has like this flow, kind of more like a reggae flow to it. Uh, but that, that's like 
the roots, or maybe I could even go further and go to Los Gaiteros de San Jacinto, which do like the the old school, um, the original, original cumbia with just drums and flutes. Um, that's um, a song I like by them is uh, is Campo Alegre. That would be another one for to know like the actual roots of cumbia. Um, we're lucky that we were approached by Jason Landero, um, Andres Landero's grandson, to do a collaboration. So hopefully it'll be something that, that we'll be able to do. Uh, tonight, well, we're, I'm excited to play like some of our stuff. We released the vinyl two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and so I want to play some of our, our stuff tonight that, that we haven't been playing live to, until we released the vinyl. So uh, we have a song called La Receta, another one called La Poderosa, which are stuff we're going to play today. Or even we, our weird stuff, like we have a, a cover we did with, for uh, Prince's Kiss, but we did it in Spanish. And that's another one that we're excited to play tonight. I don't really have a, a favorite song. I mean, there's so many, there's a lot of music in my head that I can't pinpoint no right song. There's no right or wrong answer to this, to be honest. And you I mean, you show them any song and they'll be like, hey, and then it's like, oh, here, listen to this one too. Listen to this one. I mean, it's, it's never ending. That list is never ending, to be honest. But um, there's a song that uh, I'm looking forward to playing. It's, uh, it's one of them one of them songs that you just always look forward to playing at night at the, to 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 crowd pleaser i guess you would say i mean the one that we we play and it's a it's a song that we uh we need family roots it's uh it's a nice song that i mean it, it really reminds you about your family and i got around to playing with playing around with it just messing with it at home and i figured out how i mean how to play um this song, uh, the old Be Happy song, you know. I, I, I was able to, you know, implement it into, into that song so that it ties into that family roots, you know. It's always be happy. So that's what I'm looking forward to. All right. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you for being in conversation with us. All right. Logan Phillips. And give it up, please, for Dr. Michelle Tellez from the University of Arizona Mexican-American Studies Department. And really, to make musicians sit down and talk about their music, music after they've driven from one side of the frontera to here and both sides to get here is really a special thing after they just loaded in at 3.30. So give it up for them one more time, y'all. We'll have to leave it there. You've been listening to Remarks Made in a panel discussion featuring four musicians from four cumbia bands who performed at El Tambo Fest night one, first ever cumbia summit of the borderlands at Hotel Congress on April 27, 2018. The panel was sponsored by Southwest Folklife Alliance and CALA Alliance. Speakers included founder and artistic director of El Tambo, Logan Phillips, University of Arizona Assistant Professor of Mexican-American Studies, Michelle Tellez, Gabriel Sullivan from Chicha Dust, Adrian Rodriguez from La Diabla, Cody Lopez from Native Creed, and Kiko Rodriguez from El Paso's Frontera Boogaloo. Special thanks to KXCI Music Director Duncan Hudson for recording this panel. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager.